every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I was really just thinking that they won. I was joking, and uh, I remembered no, they just didn't get killed. That's that's the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Hey, they they put up a fight in that. Uh, I gotta say they they played their best game in weeks tonight. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, actually showed up, and that's um, surprising, to say the least. I guess a home game, you know, you got embarrassed last night, they come out. Uh, but, yeah, I'll give it to them a little bit. Uh, Travis Konechny has been looking good the past few nights. I thought it started before the goal uh, last night, but he's just been noticeable. Uh, you can tell he's a guy who's, like so many players on this team, when they're confident, they're good, and when they're not, they're bad. And uh, he's just really been struggling with his confidence as this train comes by again. Uh, and, you know, maybe this is a uh, – I don't – I'm so torn on TK, like what I think he can be for this organization and, and what I think the timeline of this team is. Like, is he going to be – one of the older vets, or is he just going to be someone we move on from? I don't know. Uh, you know, a lot of questions to be answered over the next few months of this season. Uh, but tonight, yeah, Carter Hart, hell of a shootout performance. Uh, it's, it is just so funny. Like, at the end there, we've got, you know, a defenseman. We've got Jerry Mayhew, uh, and, and they're throwing, you know, Pajot and Walsh dramatis. Like, it does show you what dire straits the Flyers are in um, in terms of their roster uh, with all the injuries and everything. Again, like not making excuses for them. Uh, they dug this hole for themselves. Uh, it's just funny to see, like, oh, yeah, let's see what Jerry Mayhew's got, you know. Uh, but uh, let's, get to, let's get to the calls. Let's see what everyone else has to say about this one. Ian Ackerman, lead us off. You're live on the post game. Hey, what's up, man? How are you tonight, Ian? Doing all right. Uh, I was disappointed with that result, but for the first time in forever, they looked dangerous for a while. And they were buzzing and making some good plays. Just couldn't finish. Yeah, it was entertaining. Like, at least the game was entertaining. Like, that's all I can ask for at this point. I know they suck. Uh, I, I just want to, like, not feel like I wasted my entire night every time I watched them. Yeah, and like when Drew scored that goal, like man, I was pumped up and just ugh, I wanted this one so bad because I, you know, I wanted the Islanders to to lose. I can't stand them, and it was just uh, Hart played great in the shootout, and that was good to see. But uh, man, that just not what I wanted. And, and yeah, no, I, I mean, I think once you get in it, like I can sit here and say. I don't want them to win for the rest of the season, and it's best if they don't. But like once you're in it, and things like when a Philadelphia Flyer shoots, I want the puck to go in. When their opponent shoots, I don't want it to. And like it's hard to turn that off. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's about all I have to say. Uh, just you know, wish they could have gotten the W tonight, but I'm glad that um, Fairby's okay. I was kind of nervous when he got when he got hit and uh, hunched over. I was pretty worried. So. All right, have a yeah. good night, then. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, uh, agreed. It's nice to see, like, Farabee's a guy who's just going to get better with uh, with experience and, uh, and ice time. Uh, it's cool to see him come back. When he started in on his shootout attempt, I was like, ooh, I don't know if he's healthy. Uh, but, you know, 
he was healthy enough to at least go out there. So uh, we'll see how that goes for him. Really do not want to see him come out of the lineup because he does seem like one of the guys you have. Maybe not as a foundational piece, but definitely someone, uh, definitely someone who can be a part of this thing moving forward. Uh, Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, good evening, Bill. Uh, another one. Uh, I thought the I agree with you. I thought it was an entertaining game tonight. Uh, I was really disappointed. You know, you get to the end of the game and we we make one mistake. Uh, Braun doesn't cover the guy in front. And the pucks in the net, and and then we don't have guys that can score in a shootout, which I, I'm going to pin on the GM. He's got to get a few guys on the team that can score in a shootout. It's in the rule book. I, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of push back on that, but we got to have guys that score in a shootout. They have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. And it just, it really all just gets back to like, they seem to have drafted so many guys who are, like low ceiling, high floor, like, oh yeah, we have a ton of Scott Lawtons. Just like a ton of like a ton of guys who are nice pieces, but no single elite skill set. Like you just need a couple of guys who can dangle and shoot. It just you need one. You need two. Just a few guys who are dangerous with the puck on the stick and they just don't have nearly enough. We we've left so many points on the floor over the years. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, um, uh, but it, I guess it is what it is. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next game, but it doesn't look good. It looks like uh, it's going to be a long season. It already is, Warren, and thanks a lot. Uh, what was this? This was game 39, and this was, what, their ninth loss in a row? So, yeah, we have a chance to uh, – we have a chance to get to two 10-game losing streaks by game 40. Uh, that's just – it's unfucking imaginable honestly. It, 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 like, I'm sitting here, and I'm honestly – I'm not encouraged because, like, nothing they can do for the rest of the season will encourage me uh, because the season's already over. Uh, but, like, I'm sitting here happy with how they played tonight. And they did not win, and they blew a lead in the third period. Uh, like, that's where we are with this team right now. Uh, Chris Krochak. Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going, man? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. You know, I got to say it's, uh, it's it's refreshing to actually sit down and, and be engaged with a Flyers game. I actually enjoyed the game. I thought they, you know, it could have gone south after that early goal they gave up. But, you know, they skated hard. They played competitively. And, you know, obviously <laughs> – of course they were going to lose nine in a row because why wouldn't that end that way? But uh, yeah, it's just nice to see them uh, show a little bit of fight. But um, one thing I wanted to say is I actually wanted to piggyback off a, a point I made last night where I was saying how it seemed like all of our young guys were, were regressing, you know, like Provorov and TK, guys like that. I saw a really interesting comment on Twitter earlier where they said it, it is no coincidence that the most important developmental years for those guys, you know, like 22, 23, 24 years old, when they had AV and wasn't he notorious uh, everywhere he went for kind of uh, favoring uh, veterans and not being so kind to young players. Just a thought I was thinking about recently. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's most veteran coaches. Young players just don't have as much of a leash. Uh, But we've also seen like Joel Farabee coming to his own under AV. Like we saw TK have that tremendous, uh, you know, uh, 2019, 20 run, like, Guys have succeeded under him, and young players. I mean, we thought Ivan Provorov was going to be a superstar based on that first year with AV. Like, they've regressed since then. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what what could be the explanation because, like you said, those guys had way more promise than what we've seen out of them the last year or two. Um, and, you know, another thing I think uh, as we move towards, like, off-season moves and what's next, you know what they really need to start prioritizing? They need to start bringing in some some speed. Just find, like, three or four guys, like, in the middle of the draft. And just find, the, like, the fastest players they can find. Because, you know, they, they just can't keep up with some teams. And it's not as evident in a game like tonight against, the you know, a trap team like the Islanders. But if they want to compete uh, in today's NHL, they just don't have enough speed on the roster, you know? Yeah, and it's all about, and thanks a lot, Chris. It, it, it really is to me all about uh, 
instead of singling out, okay, well, he's he's the one who's least likely to be a bust in a draft. It's find a guy with that, you know, a single elite skill, uh, one tool that's better than all the rest. If, you know, we're not sure if he's got the IQ, but he's the fastest guy in the draft. You know what? Take the goddamn fastest guy. Take the guy with the best hands or the best shot every now and then. Stop looking for the all-around players. Yes, it is nice to have, you know, the the 200-foot grinders uh, who can put the puck in the net every now and then, you know, and it's a, it's a happy accident like Scott Lawton, like Sean Couturier. But they just need guys with elite skill sets, and they just haven't they haven't acquired enough. Chris H. Chris H. You live on the post game. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you doing? I'm well tonight. How are you, Chris? Um, uh, it was an entertaining game, and um, I was I liked their effort out there. I thought there were good signs and you know things they were doing. Of course, they lose because when they get to a shootout, they have no chance. But um, man, it's <laughs> this product that they're putting on the ice is really it's starting to become unwatchable unless you're a diehard Flyers fan. <laughs> no, like this this was their best game in weeks, and they lost blowing a third period lead. Like they gave up the first goal as they always do. They let the Islanders back in it as they always do, and then what? Eight or nine guys couldn't score on breakaways, like. It's it's unbelievable. And it's like crazy too because I mean, you know, we talk about drafting guys, you know, drafting for more speed. One of the biggest issues with this organization is you're usually organizations have a head coach in here, then they draft the guy, you know, that fits the system of the head coach. But we don't have a head coach or a system long enough in place to even find out what we're looking for in the draft. I mean, are we looking for grinders? Are we looking for speed guys? Are we looking you know, for defense first guys, we don't have, we don't keep coaches around long, you know, around long enough to figure out what we're doing. Yeah. And like, it, it is harder in hockey because like coaches typically don't stick around that long. Like most guys have five or fewer years at the job they're at. And, you know, prospects can take longer. The league's getting younger and younger, but by and large, a guy drafted in the second round, uh, won't be in the NHL under the current head coach for most of the teams in the league. Yeah, that agreed. And my last point is that, I mean, you know, other teams, the crazy thing is like, you know, the Flyers have been so bad and, you know, I'm in the Pittsburgh area. So it's like, you know, I have to watch, you know, the Flyers and Penguins. I was like, well, you know, I've been watching some of the Penguins games and I'm like, man, cause I mean, they're our rival. They're supposed to be our rival. And it's like, they haven't had a first round pick in, you know, years and years, and they still have better prospects than us. I mean, they're still getting guys to contribute. That's just insane to me that teams that have less draft capital or, like, get higher picks than, you know, like, higher up in the draft picks, you know, they just have better prospects than us. It's like, is something wrong with the AHL development? Is something wrong with the scouting? Because it seems like with every GM that comes in here, there's a problem with that. Yeah, I think it's uh, – we talked about it a bit last night on the post game. Like, it's an organizational issue. You've had a lot of guys in place in this organization since the early 2000s, and we can blame the GMs and, you know, talk about who missed on what. But, you know, maybe Hextall did lock out all the scouts. But they're the same scouts who've been with this organization for how long and haven't produced – a single star. So like, you know, Claude Giroux, Mike Richards, Jeff Carter, who who else have they drafted in the last 20 years? Like, uh, you know, (laughs) that's three guys and in, in great drafts. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 they have issues on multiple levels throughout this organization, drafting, developing all of it. I'll let you go, Bill, but have a nice night. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, like, you want, you just, are they going to just start getting lucky? They have to, right? Like, uh, you know, maybe have some lottery luck this year and uh, unlike last time, actually use that lottery luck to get a really good player and then – Positive regression is coming. That's all. That's all I can hope for. Positive regression is coming. 
in terms of uh, the young talent going to be brought into this team. It has to be at a certain point. Harris Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Can you hear me, Bill? Yeah, I got you. How are you tonight? Uh, doing fine. Um, so I, I think you should bring up the shootout thing on the next BSH uh, again because like they just keep sucking at it. They're so bad. They're so bad. They have no idea what they're doing. Like, uh, I, I get that, you know, it took nine tries for the Islanders, too. But well, they suck, when too. You're, yeah, when your goalie gives you that many chances against, like, the Matt Barzells of the world, you know, maybe reward them. Like, yeah, someone has to get one. Oh, and also, like, and it's not like shootout strategy really matters because you don't go to that many. But when you suck at shootouts and you have the choice of picking going first or second – Pick second, because if you have a good goalie, then you can end the shootout. You will be in the bottom of the whatever, and then you end it. Like, you're giving the Islanders so many chances to end it when you just keep missing shots. But not that that really matters. Um, yeah, you just kind of knew once it was going to shootout, it was it was done. It was a, it was an exciting overtime. Uh, Bouchagross is terrible at doing play-by-play. He's done a lot. He's, sucks. He he's awful. He yells the whole time. And just like, holy shnikes, I'm so, what the fuck did you just say? Are you a grown man who just said holy shnikes? Like, I, I, I can't, li- he's so bad. I thought Weeks was considerably better than whoever was there last time. I think it was Ferraro with Bouchagras. Uh, I thought Weeks, when he's talking about the mechanics of the game, is really good. Um, yeah, Kevin's really, really smart, but yeah, Bucci Gross. Yeah. He's just Bucci yelling. is the worst. And I and I like Bucci from like an analyst and like in the studio because like he he was one of the few people in ESPN for 17 years when hockey wasn't on there where he would actually talk about hockey some when he could. But like he no, just he's, doesn't know what he's doing. He's absolutely fine in that studio role, and like you get to be a little bit goofier and laid back there, and like just you know kind of shoot the shit and. He's just, yeah, he, he sounds like he's trying to do video game, like, just quotes and yelling them rather than, like, just calling the action. He was horrible. Yeah, in, in regards to what some people were saying about, like, prospects and whatnot, um, I think they've had some better picks recently, but you're, you're just not going to see that until 23, 24, 25. Like, Tuamala in the second round last year, he's a good shooter, good skater. Uh, you're just not going to see him for a long time. And with what it comes down to, like, the people are talking about skating and whatnot, well, you just – you got to not only draft good skaters, you got to have a really elite skating coach. Look at what Tampa has with Barb Underhill, like, one of the, the best skating coaches in the world. She was, like, an Olympic figure skater. And look at how many guys they've turned from mediocre skaters into elite skaters. Look at Braden Point. That's why he fell in that draft. Yeah, it's it, it really does come down to they just – like, it seems like they need – to overhaul and reinvest in everything. Yeah, because you're just going to be stuck in the same spot. And where does that leave you? It just leaves you in the same spot that you've been in for 10 years. And like, okay, you're going to have decent years, but nothing spectacular. And it's just incredible. You're going to have two 10-game losing streaks this early in the season. And like, and you're not even Coyotes level bad. Like, what in the hell? Yeah, and <laughs> thanks a lot, Harris. They might get there. They really – like, can you see a path for them winning a whole bunch of games, like a chunk of games, like a – let me bring up the schedule real quick just to look at this thing. Where are we at here? Here we go. And so what's next? Columbus. Yeah, like that's okay. So they have Columbus and then Buffalo. So, uh, you know, I guess they could win. they could win there. But they're not beating Dallas. They got to go to Long Island again. Uh, man, three days off. That looks – that is exciting. Then L.A. and Winnipeg and then that February break. Oh, I really hope that February break gets maintained. Uh, I know they're going to try to get something in there, but just looking at all those empty dates is so so wonderful to see. It looks, it just looks so nice. Uh, Nikki Hall, Nikki, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight, Nikki? Well, I fell asleep to last night's game because I kind of just had that feeling. But tonight's game, I actually kind of invested, and I watched with my girl too. I got my girl into these guys. <laughs> well, that's a shame. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, she doesn't understand. She she's more of a baseball football gal, but I mean, she'll watch if I'm watching. Um, she doesn't do this post game stuff usually, but it's whatever. Um, that being said, though, yeah, this is one of the few games I had to look, and you know, this is one of those games I definitely feel for heart. Like, you know, this dude is making these. Like, I can't think of a shot tonight that was like a soft goal at all. Like, this man is literally throwing himself around in the net, giving us every single possible opportunity to get this, to, to, to even get a chance at even, you know, I'm not saying he's like the main reason, but like, geez, like, then York, I think enough can be said about Cam York. Like, he should have been up here sooner. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. They didn't really think uh, they thought Keith Yandel could play, and they wanted a veteran third pair, and they had their top two pairs set, and mm-hmm. there just wasn't quote unquote a spot for Cam York. But uh, I mean, he's an NHL player, and Keith Yandel isn't. It, it, it's a joke to uh, not have been able to see that in training camp. But the older guy's always going to get the look, just the way it works. Yeah. Carter Hart, I mean, the saves he made in overtime, a couple of wraparounds, obviously the uh, the shootout, he was awesome. Carter mm-hmm. Hart's the reason they've been in games most of this season. Oh, uh, without a doubt. Uh, Martin Jones was pretty good at the start. He's been average since. Uh, but goaltending has been the least of their issues all season. Yeah, and that was, and if you think about it, that was a big concern. Like, we had everything else, but our goaltending was, like, a problem for the longest time. And now I'm looking at it where it's everything else is the problem, but our goaltending seems to be just, you know, managing. Which, I mean, yeah, I'm going to sit that's already said enough that, yeah, Hart's the future of this franchise. And he is. But, you know, I feel bad for him in the fact that he's literally on the ice losing with, most of these guys, like, I can't even say nothing to, I can't even fault the kids, especially the ones that are just up, like, you know, Mayhew, I mean, for, like I said, you know, with, you know, Mayhew, he is what he is. York belongs here. Uh, who else do we have up? Uh, I can't think of the other others that are yeah, up I mean, right just now. like Willman and they've brought up Cates and they've tried mm-hmm. some different things, but none of these guys are outside of maybe Cam York. None of the young players are going to be making a difference for this organization. Like, and mm-hmm. that just shows you this, this should be an opportunity. All the injuries they have, uh, the guys mm-hmm. they had in COVID protocol for a few mm-hmm. weeks, it should have been an opportunity for young players in this organization. And instead it was like, yeah, we have this guy called Jerry Mayhew. He's going to be playing sometimes. I mean, and I'm not saying that Mayhew is necessarily a bad player. He's not the greatest, but I he's just get- another, he's any random guy you get on waivers. He's just a guy who has played in the NHL before. I mean, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, I mean, yeah, we can definitely do better. As far as, like, the draft, like, yes, I would want to do as far as that goes. Like, I want to draft a guy who's got speed. I want to draft a guy who's, you know, a shoot-first mentality. But, I mean, I also kind of want to see what we have as far as, like, you know, trade options or even the free agent market. Like, I, I'm i not saying that it's necessarily a bad thing to want to draft someone that's like that or a player that's like that, but... I also kind of want to look at our other options, some guys that have some experience. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, I expect the young guys to, you know, especially the higher round, you know, the higher the higher draft picks to, you know, explode out of the gate because that's not, you know, how it works. But, you know, we definitely need uh, some leadership aside of just, you know, what we really have now. And I feel like that's something that we're, we've been lacking for at least this past season. Like it's, there's a lot of questions that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how, how uh, Fletcher is going to handle when, when it comes trade deadline, like who's on the move, who's getting released, what the deal is going to be, you know, uh, I'm kind of, you know, ball's going to be in his court. What happens from there? It's anyone's guess. Yeah, I feel you, Nikki, and thanks a lot. Uh, I just – I don't know what sort of free agent investment they could make to, like, 
fix this thing. I, I do think they have decent veteran leaders uh, going into next season. With uh, They'll have Atkinson, they'll have Hayes, and they'll have Scott Lawton. But beyond that, it, I really think it just needs to be a start-over situation. You have to have some veterans around. You can't have all young guys. There they are going to be veteran players around. Uh, and, and I think the group I just named is pretty solid because they can help out the young players. They can keep them above water, but like it's not like having Giroux and Voracek in their prime. These guys will not stop the Flyers from being as bad as uh as they possibly could be. Even Sean Couturier, I mean yeah, he's a he was at least, we don't know, uh with this you know aging issue he's going through. Aging issue he's going through called life. Uh just I just mean like he's starting to seem like he's suffering some injuries. He's getting up there. He's older now. He's not the young kid. He's almost 30. Uh, we'll see We'll see what Sean Couturier is when he comes back. But I don't think any of these guys are going to be, oh, yeah, well, we can't bottom out. Like, I, I don't see it. I don't see enough talent there to stop them from actually like, being awful. Hunter Moyer, Hunter, you're live on the postgame. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. What's, uh, what's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Hunter? Not bad. Do you have the NHL app on your phone? I do, yeah. Uh, if you go on right now, it says the Flyers have a postponed game against the Red Wings. <laughs> This tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God that wasn't fucking played too. Um, <laughs> you, do you think that um, – because it, it's funny that how we got goaltending now. Do you think it's that they rely on goaltending too much? Huh. I mean, I just think – I think they play way too much defense. Uh, like – but that's just an issue of like there was a time tonight I saw the Flyers win in a defensive zone draw clean right back to the defenseman and he immediately just fired it up to the boards and the point man stopped it and the Islanders had an offensive zone possession and it's just like how like in that regard they're just putting way too much on their goalie because they have no skill or ability to like complete a pass but that can't possibly be their like that's not the strategy. Oh, yeah, just give them the puck back. Like, that can't possibly be what they're right. trying to do. So, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I think they have confidence in their goaltenders, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, anything is fucking possible with this team. But I just say that because this happened last year, too, where they – and I don't know if it happened tonight because I, I can't watch the game. I, I'd, I'd go insane. But – they they score and then it's like they 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 can't hold a fucking lead. Like that's what makes me think that they rely on goaltending too much. That they score and then it's like, oh yeah, we can fucking take a break because we have a lead. And then yeah. it fucking takes a shit. I think it's an issue with a lot of teams, but the Flyers, especially against the Islanders, have just blown so many leads because they refuse to stop or to keep attacking, and it's just a really frustrating tactic. Like you're winning because you did this one thing. So let's now do something else. 
Like, yeah. no, do what you did to build the lead because it's like you were winning when you were doing that. It, it's very frustrating. Yeah, it, it is because this this ten game losing streak. Bill, I don't. Has there been a team that has had two ten game losing streaks before the trade deadline? Like before that, like <laughs> if they lose ten in a row, they have one more game before they hit the halfway point. Like that's insane. It's it sounds impossible to do like mathematically it sounds impossible to do like half the that means half the games they've played like they've lost during a streak that you know, like like uh, to me like I'm going to be honest our record this year like completely overshadows how fucking terrible we actually are like our power play it should be worse because in the beginning of the year we were, I think we were like really good on the power play I think it was like Four for eleven. I don't remember what the fuck it was, but we were half decent, and that was and we were good in the beginning of the year. But the play wasn't that good. And to me, this team it happened last night where there was an instance in the front of the net where Provorov. It resulted in the third goal that I, I don't remember who scored the third goal last night for the Islanders, but it, it's just a lot of not. It's it's standing still, puck watching, and it's. It's disheartening, but it's disturbing to watch. Like that—that's—that's that's not a higher end issue for this organization, uh, as far as development-wise. Now, while there is issues up there, that's an issue of just—I I don't know. That's an issue of not trying, and that's—that's that's disturbing. I want to say it was uh, maybe a Beauvillier goal that in yes, the third last yes, night. It was, yes, like, it was Beauvillier. When, yes when everyone was just kind of watching, like it was like they were sitting on their couch watching television and it was like, no, you're, you're, you're playing in this game. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that that chemistry is an issue right now for the flyers because of coat, like Sandheim's always getting switched around with D pairs and whatever. And, and you can't really get used to it, but listen, man, you, You've been in the NHL for how long now? Like you, you gotta fucking figure it out, bro. That, that's all I yeah, have like, to do. That's and thanks a lot, Hunter. Like we talk about a guy like Travis Sanheim, and sometimes I think people still talk about him like he's a young player. Travis Sanheim's in his prime. This is the best Travis Sanheim's ever gonna be. Um, he is what he is right now. Is who he is. Uh, and what he is is a average NHL defenseman. That's that's who that's who Travis Sanheim is. That's what he's going to continue to be. Barry Schaefer, Barry. Oh, there you go, Barry. You're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How are you tonight, Barry? Oh, that sucks. Um, <laughs> I guess I I hear the talk about the draft and like not getting the 200 foot player, and I think Fletcher's done that in the last two drafts. He went out and got Forster who has a lot of flaws, but he has a great shot, and he's willing to shoot. Um, last draft in the second round, he took maybe the fastest player available at that point in time. And now that he has to rebuild, I'm wondering, like, is he going to keep doing that? Like, I think, like, he he realizes the Flyers always took the 200-foot guy, and I don't know. No, I, I do believe that in the last couple of drafts there has been more of an emphasis on that. We just haven't – you know, it's more – when we talk about the picks, it's a reflection of the guys we've been watching and what seems to have been the, uh, you know, the organizational directive basically from Scott Lawton through the end of Hextall, you know, um, we'll see how these more recent picks turn out. Uh, there's some there, there that you can be hopeful about, whether it's, you know, uh, Forster or Bobby Brink or any of these guys that we haven't really gotten a close look at yet. But it's so hard to it's so hard to have confidence in this team's prospects when we're looking at so many of them right now. Yeah, but none of them are going to be superstars either. I mean, they're just no, not. no, no. You know, and that's I don't know. I don't know where you go from here. I I think this is a weak draft too. I mean, next year's probably going to be bad. Maybe you just go all in on the draft the following year after that, and I I don't know. They're going to get a few cracks at this thing based on what this team is and uh, the direction I expect them to go in. Unless uh, unless Carter Hart becomes Dominic Hasek, they're going to be near the top of the draft the next few seasons. Yeah. Well, I'll be here. Thanks, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Barry. Appreciate it. 
Uh, let's see here. Anna, you're live on the post game. Anna, hold on. There we go. Now I hit the button. Okay, Bill. So before I ask my question, I have to run a few theories by you. Okay. Theory number one, the Eagles sold the city sports soul to the devil in order to win the Super Bowl. It's definitely possible, although I don't know what sort of – like what kind of return on investment is Satan getting there? Like they won one championship in my lifetime before that. Satan just likes to sow chaos. The Eagles got Fair. one Super Bowl. We maybe get a lifetime of misery. <laughs> okay, Worth theory it. two, Ed Snyder was cursed by a witch. It's theory number possible. three – we're all in hell and being tortured. And theory number four, we're secretly on a reality show about the limits of human mental endurance. <laughs> I've always wanted to be on a reality show, so I like that one the best. It's, I, It was a sad day for me when I realized, like, I, I saw a casting call for the real world. And I was like, I'm finally doing it. And then I was like, I'm 10 years too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to be like a hot 20-something. Yeah. Okay, so my question is, what teams are going to be on G's trade list? That's a good question. Uh, they talked so much tonight on the broadcast about Boston. Of course, you know, John Buchagross and ESPN, no shock there. It's They're talking about Boston. Uh, I, can't, I can't imagine he'd have many top contenders not on his list, you know? Um, like, who, who do you think he'd, like... Would he not want to go to the Rangers because he's so, you know, like so much a flyer? I don't know about that. I yeah, I, I got to believe he, most I mean, of the top of the league would uh, he'd, he'd, he'd be willing to go. You have to ask yourself, what does he ultimately care more about, being a flyer or winning a cup? That's in – it's going to be interesting. Like a, a team like Colorado, I don't see in on them. Vegas, you know, they're bringing in Jack Eichel, so maybe not. But outside of them, who couldn't use Claude Giroux, especially like at the price you're going to get him for? The Flyers are going to be able to cover half of his salary to get a better return. Why wouldn't you do that? Who wouldn't want Giroux for $4 million? And Vegas is always working cap magic. I bet they could do it. They probably could. All right. Have we'll, night, we'll, we'll end up. Thanks a lot. We'll end up getting uh, Nolan Patrick back. Thanks a lot, Anna. We'll end up getting Nolan Patrick back for fucking Claude Giroux. Is what's going to happen? Watch that. Watch that happen immediately. <laughs> Pat Higgins. Pat, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How are you doing? How are you tonight? Doing pretty good. Um, so just kind of piggybacking off the whole future conversation too. Um. I don't know exactly what direction they need to go in, um, but I'm 90% sure they need to tear it down, stick to their guns, and just go for it. Um, but the problem is, like, they need to figure out a way to, if that's, I mean, if that is their plan, which I hope it is, um, they need to figure out a way to start accumulating draft capital and figuring out what you can do to get assets because um, they're pretty dry, at least in the next draft, and. Uh, I mean, you had to give away your second round pick for the Coyotes to take Costas Bear. So I don't know. Like, whatever they do decide to do, I hope that uh, they at least have a plan and they stick to it. I mean, they have a number of veterans uh, with one year on their deal uh, from, you know, a lot of value in Giroux, some value, Ristolainen and in Braun. Uh, someone out there would want to give you something for like a Derek Broussard, maybe uh, just a depth piece. Like Christ, we traded for Derek Grant and Nate Thompson last time we were making a playoff run. You know, like someone would give you something for Broussard. Uh, Martin Jones, another guy, yep. uh, you know, having a decent season. There's a couple of teams out there that could badly use a little bit yeah. of goaltending or at like least that. some depth. So I, I think, I think they have the ability to accumulate some draft assets over the next few years with just what they have right now. And that's you know that's a bright side to that too because I look at a team like like the Oilers who just reek of an organization that's about to make a bunch of mistakes. Like you might be able to sell them off Martin Jones because they need goaltending and get exactly, something. Yeah, like see what you can get from them. Um, I just worry because I don't like. I think Fletcher objectively had you know he had a good off season, and I think he's had since he's been here good off seasons. But I've I've been sort of less than impressed with his in season moves. And that's what makes well, they've me been basically so, non-existent. Yeah, yeah. Well, like what moves actually? But that's that's what makes me um, 
worry a little bit that like hopefully if if that is the direction they're going at least i hope he can swing something but i just don't have a ton of confidence in him in season yeah and i feel you pat everyone everyone has the right to not be the most confident in this front office one to make the right move if it's you know if they make moves and even just to have the sense of what direction to go in like if they think oh yeah well next year Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes and Sean Couturier will all be healthy. This thing, we'll get it going again. Like, nah, man, something's going to go wrong again because that's what this fucking team is. Like, if you're banking on, oh, yeah, you know, uh, these guys, they're going to come back. Carter Hart will be even better. Like, nope, something's going to go wrong again because you just need to start over. Every time they think they have something, something goes horribly wrong, whether it's, Oh, yeah, well, we're we're the hottest team in hockey. A fucking pandemic hits or, you know, you don't have your top two centers for most of the season or your number one defenseman. Like, it it just – it's snake bit. Like, it ain't going to work. Brian S., Brian S., you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, So since the world's on fire and everything is terrible, I'm just wondering, you know – what draft pick are we going to draft that's going to have, you know, some ridiculous injury or, you know, what's what terrible thing is going to happen next to us? Is the arena going to burn down mid-game? I mean, what what's next? That was it the, the first year at the Spectrum, the ceiling blew off the place. Like, yeah, something like that. Uh, Gritty's going to get abducted by terrorists. Like, who, who knows what could possibly happen? Uh, it's... Like I was thinking, I was thinking that same thing. Like you know, oh yeah, we got Eric Lindros. He's gonna be the next one. Yep. Turns out maybe the most dominant player ever can't skate with his head up, so he keeps getting knocked the fuck out. Like yeah, oh yeah, we got the number two pick, Nolan Patrick. This is it. Uh, yep. He's horrible. He's gonna be out of the league by the time he's twenty-five. Like, yep. Oh, Chris Pronger, man. He's he. Chris Pronger is gonna be the captain for all these young guys. Yeah, he had uh, 12 points in 13 games and then almost lost an eye. Like, it's it's always fucking something, man. <laughs> it's incredible. I swear, the only way I'm not going to go absolutely insane is if I treat, like, NHL 22 as real life and just pretend <laughs> that Ryan Ellis has a hat trick every night. <laughs> Why not? Uh, you know, we had like, oh, yeah, Ryan Ellis, we got a number one defenseman. Nope, undisclosed injury. He's going to miss the whole season. It's getting to the point where it is just it's almost worth staying tuned in just to see what absolute tragedy is gonna happen next week. It's like Jeru's gonna get traded to the Rangers and they're gonna win the cup. Like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> but while they win the cup, you know, the ceiling's gonna collapse and destroy the Stanley Cup forever. It's gonna be incredible. Well, <laughs> that fucking train station, through, anything could happen. Everyone there. out. <laughs> All right. Well, stay gritty, Bill. Appreciate just giving us some humor throughout these dark and horrible times. Hopefully hockey's fun again sometime in the next decade. But Someday, someday. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Teddy Stranahan. Jesus, I almost said that. Teddy Stranahan, you're live on the post game. Teddy, hit the unmute button. There you hey, go. Hey, you got me now? I got you. Yep. Uh, I just, uh, I mean, pretty much everybody hit what I wanted to say, but I mean, Carter Hart is just out here selling his soul for this team and we just have nothing. I mean, it's overtime saves, uh, the overtime saves on the wraparounds. And then like what, eight or nine saves in the, in the uh, shootout. Like what else can he ask from the guy? Yeah, he's I mean, he's he's selling out. He's really out there putting his whole heart out. And and not to say the team isn't trying, but I mean, they're just shooting themselves in the foot every play. Yeah, and it just they do so many little things, like even you know, a night like tonight where they look better than they've looked in weeks. You, you could look at any shift and just see like fundamentally stupid shit. Uh, like that, the uh, the Sandheim hook in the third period. Like, what are you doing there, man? Why are you taking this penalty right now? There's absolutely zero reason for it. There are guys in front of you in position. Like, they just – they're stupid. They're a dumb team. Yeah, and like you said, it's just fundamental mistakes one after another over and over again. I mean, to the point where it's actually embarrassing. I mean, I've been watching this team since I was – 
you know, in diapers. My dad had me sitting in front of the TV watching the game. And I've never been embarrassed before to be a Flyers fan. I see fans from other teams, and I'm embarrassed to talk about this team. It's just sad. Yeah, it's, yeah like, people want to talk shit. I'm like, you have no idea how much I hate this team. Like, uh, y- you could not say anything more hurtful about the Flyers than I have to say about them. So there's absolutely no point in us even pretending to get into this right now. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know what the answer is. I mean, maybe we do just blow it up. But I mean, it's just no matter who we bring on this team for the last five to 10 years, it's just constant fundamental mistakes, basic hockey mistakes over and over again. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's they're tough to watch. And thanks a lot, Teddy. Appreciate it. The, the team. There has to be some sort of end. Like I said, they can't possibly think, oh, well, if things just go our way. They're not going to. This thing is poisoned. We've all just been poisoned, and there needs to be a complete change of direction because, man, we've been chasing our tails since Pronger got hurt. And, man, that was a long fucking time ago. Uh, Kevin Sheehan. Kevin, you're live on the post game. Hey. Hey, how you doing tonight, Kevin? Yep. Good, good. So, uh, I was actually at the game tonight, um, which was kind of, it was nice seeing them actually score a couple goals, but, uh, at the same token, I was hoping when I bought the tickets that Ellis would play at the end of November, but, uh, well, fuck me. I guess he's never going to play. <laughs> it doesn't, um, it does not seem like he has, uh, it, it, We'd have heard something. He ain't coming back this year. That's for sure. There's absolutely no way. And at this point in time, I think Why anyone would he? That, Yeah. I, I think that any flyer that has an injury at this point in time should just bag it and get healthy so that we can have somewhat of a productive 2022-2023 season. But I remember, and I might go on a little bit of a tangent and cut me off whenever you want, but... The first, so I moved to Philly back, way back in oh, 2000 and was not a hockey fan. I fucking fell in love with the Flyers when I was sitting in the Novacare, uh, suite and they were playing the Islanders for the last game and it meant jack shit because they were garbage back then. But I fell in love with them and me and my wife for the years to come, we, we went to a couple of playoff games and the best game I ever was, I was at was the Oilers Flyers game when it was back to back and it was the garbage ref calls all day long. And it was great to be a Flyers fan because everyone was there. Everyone was loving it. Everyone was into the game. Tonight, it was flat. I felt like I was talking to myself the entire game because I had people asking me questions about the lineup. And I'm like, who, who is this? Who's that? Who's this? Who's that? What are these numbers? Who, 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 who? I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, he got called up. uh, He got called up because, uh, XYZ is hurt. Well, what? I'm like, yeah, but we're still playing for Sard because fuck it. He needs his Iron Man fucking streak. Like, I, I I don't know. I'm sorry, but uh, it's just. It was ridiculous. <laughs> no, and that's like uh, the pictures at Puck Drop. It looked like it filled up a little bit more after that. The pictures at Puck Drop, though, it looked like a library. Like it, it, the place was absolutely freaking empty, and I can't blame anybody. It was Beer Stein though night. Uh, beer Stein oh. night though, right? Those, oh, you got your oh, Beer Stein? Oh. Yeah, oh yeah, I got my Beer Stein. It's more like a coffee mug. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's it. I mean, so they were giving out the vouchers when you walked in, and. I was like, okay, I'll get one voucher. And I'm hearing people, oh, I got eight, nine vouchers. I'm trying to get X amount more. And then we're leaving. And they're like, I was like, can I get one or two more? Like, well, we only have 10,000 max. And I'm like, and I looked at them and my buddy looks at them and goes, there's no way there's 10,000 people here. We were sitting in here and there's so many empty seats. Just give me one or two extra more. That's all I'm asking. (laughs) And then you look at the bottom, made in China. I guess what that's what the Flyers franchise is at this point in time. But uh, thank you, Bill. Thank you for everything that you do, and I love listening to you guys. I appreciate that a lot, Kevin. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Yeah, that's. I mean, I always thought the first sign of a 
the first sign of a poverty franchise is like, you know, oh yeah, giveaway to the first ten thousand fans. Just get it for fucking everybody. Well, what are we doing here? Are these the Phillies at the vet? Like, come on, no. You can afford a couple thousand more fucking mugs, like with flyer stuff painted on them. Don't try to, don't cheap out on this. At least give it to like, oh yeah, the ten thousand and first person through the door tonight. Well, I guess they're just shit out of luck. Like, they should be on their hands and knees thanking the people who spend their money to go to these garbage games. Uh, that's uh, that's infuriating. <laughs> All right, 69, Mr. 60, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Thanks for uh, doing these. It's uh definitely helps helps us get through all this uh, madness that's going on with this franchise. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate it a lot. I don't know if anyone brought this up. I joined a little late, but uh, do you see any of the uh, Marsh and uh, Churchek stuff going on today? No, I didn't see it. I didn't see what happened. I uh, like, read like tweets about it and then just never looked into it. Actually, yeah. Apparently, Marsh and uh, he posted a bunch of stuff on Instagram, and I guess they went back and forth. But uh, it was pretty funny because later on tonight, when they played against each other. Uh, Trocheck just absolutely laid out Martian. I mean, it's just it's tremendous for the game. I kind of wish That's we had awesome. some of that on our team, but like it'd be nice. Some some effort, some chirping, some sort of uh, pride in your team, but at I don't least think we we'll got ever a Zach Mac. At least we got a Zach Mac Chara fight tonight. Yeah, we did. I, I can't be too upset about that. It was uh, it was actually I was pretty impressed that McEwen uh, kind of held his own there for a little bit. But I mean, what are you going to do? Chara's got he, he's Chara. the best fighter in the league. Yeah, Char's seven feet tall, and, like, I'm, he's got the wisdom of an old oak tree. Like, what are you going to do? I got a question for you. If Is there any player on this team where if a team, if uh, another team came calling and said, hey, we have a first-round draft pick for them, what what player would you – or what players would you not make that trade, like that player for a first-round pick? It would take a legitimate superstar for me to give up Carter Hart. No, like and, yeah, like Art. Yeah, like and it would take would a lot for like me Sanheim? to give up Faraby. Yeah, oh, no, I'd take a first round pick for Sanheim, absolutely. Oh yeah, I, I think I think it's pretty much anyone besides. I feel like you can get a little bit more than that for G. Carter Hart's a no, Faraby's a no, but like anyone else, man, at this point, like fire sale, go for it. Oh yeah, that's. Anyone, anyone, like, I'm taking all calls at this point. If, if KHL teams, like, whatever you got, I, I'm in. Like, I, I, all options need to be on the table for this team right now. There are no untouchables. Like you said, you need to have a big asking price for Giroux because it's Claude Giroux, and you're going to cover a bunch of his salary to get a better return. Like, you better get something awesome back for him. Everyone else, like, yeah, what, what, what do you got? What, what are you willing to give me for Rasmus Ristolain? And I will take it, please. I think uh, it, it's definitely – Fletcher is definitely auditioning for his job. If we had a competent ownership and management staff, Fletcher would be auditioning for his job right now to figure out how much asset, like assets he could requ- uh, acquire before uh, next year for the draft. But, like, honestly, like – I listened to yesterday's post game. It goes back to the drafting and development. Like, even if we have a thousand picks for the next two drafts, like, do you even trust these people to develop and uh, bring up all these prospects to get them to their full potential? I just, you know, I don't trust them at all. Sixty. Uh, I just got to believe Bill. positive. Thanks a lot. Uh, I just got to believe positive regressions coming. That's all that can. Uh, that's really what keeps me optimistic. Is like. They have to just get lucky on a few picks, don't they? You know, like, doesn't something just have to work out for the Flyers at some point? You can't, this can't just go on forever, you know? Uh, Brian Hammond, Brian, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Um, It's funny, I was thinking about a conversation that, that you guys were having last night about the culture and if, does the losing cause the culture? Does the culture cause the losing? But I, I think the thing that's funny is I've been watching since the early 80s, and, you know, they had a couple shots at a juggernaut like Edmonton then, and then a long time later they had one shot with the Lindros group, and then a couple, you know, 10 years later they had 
a freak, like a freak occurrence shot. And if you plotted all the points, the line is down, down, down from the beginning. And what's strange to me is, you know, does it seem when Snyder passes, you know, that old boys network, it's an odd conglomeration of like an old boys network and a culture or a corporate, a corporate group that buys in that nobody likes, but you keep the old boys. So you don't get the benefit of either cleaning that, cleaning that out and going to the, to the analytics or to whatever. It seems like there's just progress in neither direction. And I think that's, I think that's bleeding through where a coach can't connect, where the players eventually can't connect. And, uh, and as a fan, I'm certainly, uh, I, I've never felt like at this point in the season, it's, it's strange you know, they usually make that run. I have never really thought about the whole trajectory of the franchise before the halfway point of the season, you know, that they have when, when at the beginning of the year, you know, I felt optimism like you tend to, uh, I, I feel no optimism. No, I, I feel absolutely no optimism. And like, the kind of run it would take, like say Couturier <laughs> comes back tomorrow, say Ellis comes back tomorrow, like Kevin Hayes in a few weeks is actually healthy. Say all these things actually fall into place for this team. They'd have to like go undefeated. The hole that they're in and as good as the teams ahead of them are, like the playoffs are basically set. Maybe with the games in hand, uh, the Islanders can make a run at things, but – like, Boston, up until tonight, Boston's been awesome. Pittsburgh's been good. Like, all of the team, all of the playoffs, especially in the East, like, are set. Yeah, they definitely seem set. And, I'm, and I'm, do you have any thoughts about, you know, when it comes to thinking about the overall team culture through the, through the you know, the last few decades, does it, does it seem antithetical that you'd have, like, the big, the big, you know, Comcast Spectacore group in there? And when you lose – when you lose a, a figurehead like Snyder, it doesn't it seem peculiar that there's no benefit. Like you usually you'd get something from the corporate the corporate buy in there, but you lose some of that old heart. It seems like now we have the worst part of the heart and the worst part of the, the wallet. Yeah, it does it, it, it absolutely seems like they like a team not just with on ice performance, so many things stuck in limbo, just in this absolute dead middle of boredom and mediocrity and just shittiness. Uh, and that seemed like, and that's the culture uh, that they seem, like you said, they don't have like the efficiency uh, or like the, the ruthless cutthroatness, you know, of, of like a corporation, uh, nor do they have the family feel anymore. They're just kind of, eh, they're just kind of there. Yeah, no, you definitely said it better than than I did, and uh, that's why you do what you do. Thanks a lot for everything, Bill, always. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see, last uh, last caller of the night, Nick Mack. Nick Mack, you're live on the post game. Nick, hit the unmute button. It's at the bottom. All right, Nick. We will uh, we'll try to get you back in next show. Sorry about that. Uh, I apparent this mute thing apparently must be a pain in the dick because it is a persistent problem. All right, let's see if we can get Nick in here. Nick, you're up. All right, I got nothing, Nick. You're still muted. I'm gonna wrap things up for the night. We'll try to get you in next show. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a long season. They're on there. We've already we've lost nine games in a row for a second time. They will go on uh, what on Thursday for their second ten game losing streak of the year uh, before the halfway point. It will be game number 40. They will have a chance to lose their 10th game in a row for a second time before the 41st game, which is absolutely baffling. It's I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Like, uh, you know, and we'll talk about it plenty. We'll get into uh, all sorts of stuff on that post game. I'm just going to wrap things up here. So once again, thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh, All the content you can ask for, I swear to you, 
you will have a better time listening to all of the content, all of the content on the Broad Street Hockey podcast feed than you will watching the Flyers. You will be far more entertained. You will enjoy yourself far more. I, I promise. I guarantee it or your money back. Of course, it is free. Uh, so, hey, leave a five-star review for thanking us for all that free content. All right, that's it. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.